Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. You know, I stand here this morning, you know, singing that song and thinking, reflecting for me personally, you know, is it well? (laughs) And I have to say, yes, it is. You know, in the midst of the things that I know uh, myself and, and our family are going through right now, even with my father, just being in that place of transition in his life. And I had this conversation with my dad uh, a couple days ago, and it was a good conversation. We talked about what he was feeling and sensing when this process takes place of transitioning from here on earth to eternity with Christ. You know, I can't help but believe that unbelievers don't have, they don't have a peace. There's no hope. And so with my dad, just to see that there's a peace for him, and and he knows almost even a little bit of a smile on his face of, wow, there's this thing that I'm beginning to get to the place of understanding what it is to be ushered into the glorious presence of my king, my savior. And so to have the conversations like that, you know, and nobody wants to leave this earth. They don't, but God's faithful at somehow working in the process in all of us. And so it's just, there's something so incredible about the transition period. I think for us here on earth, it's tough because we lose a loved one. It's hard on us because we miss them. And I begin to put myself in their shoes and what an incredible pull there is when we're taking our final breaths here on earth to glorious eternity with Jesus Christ. And so even with that, it's very tough. It's very emotional for family members. Most of us have been through things like this, and we go through these, and it's tough. But I do so appreciate family and friends and the body of Christ and all those people who rally and are praying with us for my dad, for our family. And so on behalf of My mom, our family, we appreciate that so much. And for all of the help, the support that has been given by this church, we is much appreciated. So thank you guys very much. I want to jump back into our series that we started a few weeks ago, Where is My Anchor? And talking about having biblical worldview. And I I realized the importance of this in now and where we're living and all of the things that are going around us, on around us. And the importance of having a rock-solid foundation in the Bible and that that is our guide. That's, that's what we look to for answers because there's always a shifting culture, all the things that are going on around us. So we need to be able to point to a perfect Savior, Jesus Christ, when it comes to whether it's moral values or whatever the things that are going on. We can't be pointing to or looking to our government or the culture, movement, whatever's happening as our guide. So it's important as Christians that the Bible is our guide. And so as we live life, there are many methods to how we live out what we do. But the message that we see in the word of God doesn't change. And that that stays rock solid. And so it's important for us to be in that place. I want to read to you. There was an interview that was just done recently. I saw this yesterday. So I thought this was, for me personally, helpful and maybe communicating my heart in this as well. Ed Young Jr., uh, pastor of large church, I think it's multiple churches down in the south, 
but he was interviewed by a magazine. Just basically, this, I just took this excerpt out of it, but this specific had to do with the Black Lives Matter thing. So anyway, I'm just going to read this to you and then make a comment, and then we'll move on. It says, Christian leaders, and this is Ed Young Jr. is uh, responding to a question, but he said, Christian leaders and pastors today are jumping on the hype train of what culture is currently applauding, he said, but they don't really look at what the hype train is connected to. For example, many of the things in culture applauds are connected to relativism, abortion, transgenderism, the breakup of the nuclear family. One example of the hype train many Christians have been far too eager to jump on in recent months is the promotion of the Black Lives Matter organization, according to the pastor, so they're quoting. He says, I wholeheartedly agree with the phrase Black Lives Matter. Young clarified, I believe in it and the church should champion it. We should stand up for equality and justice. I believe we need to lead out. But I can't support or agree with the core beliefs of the organization Black Lives Matter. It's tied to abortion, homosexuality, transgenderism, and the breakup of the nuclear family, just to name a few. And I thought about this because I've gone on and I've looked, and what he's saying is accurate for the organization of Black Lives Matter organization. It's, it's in a, going in a different direction but we can't take that and take away from, because he was saying, the statement, Black Lives Matter, I think is accurate and we need to be paying attention to that. And yes, absolutely they matter. And yes. so we want to be able to champion that and bring equality to everyone. Every, every life is equal and it's all valued and it matters yeah. to God. He created us all in his image. We're all equal. So that is important. And so I just wanted to say, because I, I haven't really said a whole lot about this, but I think that just in that nutshell kind of says kind of what I feel about this as well. So I would encourage you do your own research on this and, and take a look. But if we look at the biblical principles and we're matching things up, then that really helps us when we're looking for that. This morning, I want to talk about something that a term that we see uh, more now. It's called progressive, or it can be called progressive Christianity. Progressive Christianity. And it really, that is just a shifting uh, with an ever-changing culture that slowly pulls us away from the biblical foundation of truth and brings us into this acceptance of whatever the move and the shift in the culture is going on out there. So this kind of this progressive adjustment and moving away from biblical principles. And so it does encompass diversity of beliefs. And so they're trying to pull in a lot of beliefs. So it's kind of hard to put your finger on what that might be. But that's sort of what the progressive Christianity, what we're looking at. And we're seeing a, a shift toward that. And so I want to I caution us today of being careful that we're not just moving with the shift of the culture right. and where it's going based on just what we're seeing in front of us, disregarding what the word of God says. So it's important to come back. What does the word say? What does the word say? And, and that's so important. And as a pastor, it's my responsibility to make sure that I'm looking at the word of God and using the whole entire word as a platform or as a, a basis for how I preach, how I teach. 
in that, and I, it's just not picking and choosing what feels good or leaving out something that maybe I'm not comfortable with, and so it's important that we talk about these things. And so I want to give you this morning just a few signs that will help us, and when we kind of see these things, it'll help us kind of keep us from moving into that progressive Christianity camp in there. So the first one that I want to talk about is there is a lowered view of the Bible. That's kind of what we begin to see. And I don't know if some of you have looked into this or studied this, list, but I'm, that's what I'm seeing out there when I talk to people. The Bible, instead of the Bible being up here and being what we use for our guides, it kind of gets, starts getting lowered down in the process. And so we, we see that. And so it, it, it isn't the baseline or the plumb line that, that it has been historically. And so it begins, things begin to shift away from, from that. And so in historic Christianity, we see that the Bible is the infallible word of God that's used to help in the authority of our life and guiding us in the decisions that we make. And yes. so, so we see that, that the importance of that. And so in, in progressive Christianity, what we see is that the focus is taken off of the Bible and it, it's put more on personal beliefs instead of the biblical mandate that is given to us in the word. And so that's something we have to be cautious about. There's a scripture in John chapter 5, starting in verse 39. It says this, You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. This is Jesus. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. Your approval means nothing to me because I know you don't have God's love within you. For I have come to you in my Father's name, and you have rejected me. Yet if others come in their own name, you gladly welcome them. No wonder you can't believe. For you gladly honor each other, but you don't care about the honor that comes from the one who alone is God. And so we're looking all around us at seeing what others might be doing or saying, whatever going on. But we forget of the one... <laughs> who we are to be following, the one who we're yes. to be patterning our life after. Yes. And so we're looking elsewhere for something to grab a hold of that will help us to guide us. And we have to return once again to Jesus Christ, who the scriptures point to as the Savior, the Lord, the one yes. who is our leader. It's important for us. The second thing here that you can see things begin to move in the progressive way is feelings are emphasized over objective truth our feelings it's all about feelings how we feel and it gets emphasized over the progressive truth and so personal experiences what we're feeling our opinions all of those things become valued above biblical truths and so it's important that we stay on the right track here and so what a person believes becomes their truth and it becomes their authority their faith their guidance whatever that is and so, again, let's take a look at this. And so, I think about some of the questions that people have had that I've heard when I talk to people, have discussions with people out there and around. And one of the things that they say is, I just can't believe that God would send good people to hell. And if you ever talk to anybody that said that, that I, I can't believe that that happens. Well, there's different points to that, obviously, but... Number one, God didn't create hell for people. It's important that I go to scripture to back that here in a second. He, he didn't. He created that 
for Satan and his demons. That's what hell was created for. Now, unfortunately, we live in a fallen world and where people make choices. So we're given an opportunity to choose our hope, our future, where we spend eternity. We get to choose that. And so God just doesn't sit up there and, and say, well, I, I'm sorry, but I'm sending you to hell. He presents opportunity of the gospel to us. And then we make decisions based on that. Understanding, too, that just because we're good doesn't mean we get to spend eternity with Christ. There's an acceptance of him that paves a way that allows our sin to be washed and we're united with Christ. And it's a good thing. So I think there's a lot to that. I'm not going to unpack that all today. But, you know, those are the kind of things that we're talking about around us today. When Jesus, in Matthew chapter 25, talked about kind of the end judgment that's coming, he talks about the sheep and the goats and separating them out. And if you look at verse 41 of chapter 25 of Matthew, and he just, Jesus said, Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. Not prepared for us, because that's never his heart. It's never God's heart to send us there. It's his heart to draw us to him, to spend eternity with him. Because he loves us so much. And so that's a great thing to know that. He does not want one person to miss out on eternity with him. And so that is God's heart. There's another statement that I hear out there. Well, God loves everybody, so he wants us to all be happy with that. So if our preference of sexuality is different, he understands that because he created us to have that freedom to discover whatever that is. And that, that's something I've had people talk to me about and say those things as well. But understanding, if we look in the word of God, what does the word say? Yeah. It's important for us to see what the word says about these issues, and that's important. <laughs> There's another thing. It's like, I don't really believe this Bible verse really resonates with what I believe. So that's another thing that's common out there. We have to realize we're not trying to line the word up with what we believe. We need to line what we believe up to the word. That's the important point that we need to make here in this situation. There's a few verses in Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 40. says this, Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels... And they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. We just need to be hearing. We hear, you know, he's got good things for us. And if we're listening and we're hearing, I tell you, there's an exciting thing that we get time that we get to spend with our Father in, in his kingdom. And I love that. The third point I wanted to bring out in the progressive Christianity is essential Christian doctrines become open for interpretation. All of a sudden, things change and begin to shift on interpretation. And so it often becomes redefined by people. It could be reinterpreted. Whatever it is, I think there's a lot of talk out there of trying to change things that are in the Bible, especially moral hot-button topics, because we see that around us. There's whatever the hot topic is at that time, 
uh, people are jumping toward that or jumping on, on bandwagons of whatever that is, kind of leaving, again, the foundational principles of the Word of God and trying to discover something new and maybe reinventing or reinterpreting what the Word of God may have to say about that particular issue. You know, I, I've heard people say that a literal hell, if we as Christians, when we talk about a literal hell, that could be offensive to some non-Christians, that that would be wrong to talk about. Then we say, well, we don't believe that ever needs to be talked about. And I know over the years, there's been a real move to try to move away from not talking about the enemy, the devil, you know, where he ends up in hell, all of those things. But it's important that we... Do it in such a way, because our focus, yes, it's on Jesus, and it's on his love, it's on salvation, but we also need to talk about, well, this here is something that the enemy is out to try to steal from us, our life, and this is where he wants to take us, so beware of these things. So I think we need to talk about those things, and I know I've heard pastors that, that have talked and said, well, I just don't talk about those things. Well, we need to talk about those things, because it's part of the whole gospel of Jesus Christ is part of everything to understand that. And so, you know, there could be a statement is, well, the church's position on moral issues, such as sexuality, is archaic. It's old. It doesn't apply today because things have changed today. It's interesting. I was, it was probably a couple years ago, I was watching a pastor up in Seattle. He had made a decision, I think, with his board to change really dramatically change their belief system in their church. It was a large church. And I watched him address the congregation, and he said that the Holy Spirit told him that they were to now include homosexuals on their staff and be a part of the church in the sense of leadership and all of that because that's where the shift is going and that's what the Holy Spirit's wanting. It made me cringe inside because that is not... The Holy Spirit doesn't do that. He doesn't go against the word. And so to use that as a tool to try to convince, well, unfortunately, that church, a lot of bad things happen because of that. But we have to be careful what we're doing and shifting and change. Just because there's something that's in the culture is changing doesn't mean that as Christians, as church, that we just buy into those things. Again, we have to go back to the word. We have to go back to the word. And what does the word say? Proverbs 30, verses 5 and 6 says this. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to all who come to him for protection. Do not add to his words, or he may rebuke you or expose you as a liar. We have to be careful. We got to, again, I mean, this may sound like, I'm like, Pastor, man, you're kind of hitting it hard. Well, no, this is where we're at. My responsibility is to protect the sheep, and to, to speak truth and to speak life and say, yes, Jesus is awesome. And that's, that's what we want. But there's also an enemy that wants to destroy us. He wants to deceive us. He's so deceptive. And nowadays I see it so much around us that people are being deceived and believing and buying into some culture shift that is not founded on the word of God. So we have to be careful. The fourth thing, as far as progressive Christianity is historic terms are redefined. We begin to find some of the things, historic terms. And so some progressive Christians say they believe the Bible is inspired, is an inspired word of God. They can, they can say that, but not necessarily divinely inspired. So there's a big difference. They'll say, well, it's inspired. And it becomes open to personal interpretation. 
And so we have to be careful that there's things that we protect. You know, I think of the word inspiration and how it's used in Scripture. So inspiration from the Holy Spirit was given for man to accurately write down and interpret what God was saying. And so it was important for that that the inspiration was given. So it was to correctly write God's truths. And so the Word of God is it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, given to men to write out exactly what God was saying. And so there's a revelation that we receive as we read the word, and that can be fresh for each one of us. Every day we can receive a fresh revelation, but that's just the revelation of the truths that are in God's word, not all the other things that we try to pull out of it and change it. But there is revelation. When I read my Bible, I'll look at a verse that I've read a hundred times and found some new revelation that God's given me for that moment. And I think that's refreshing for us because God cares enough to help us through the process. And so the distinction between inspiration and revelation would be this. And so the the object of revelation is the communication of knowledge. The object of revelation is the communication of knowledge. The object or design of inspiration is the secure infallibility in the teaching. So it's important we understand this. And so... The effects of revelation makes us wiser. That's the hope, right? That we come wiser as Christians, as believers. And the, and the effect of inspiration was to preserve the teachings from error. And so it's important that we're grabbing hold of this stuff. There was a, and this was a few years ago, I can't remember exactly, and some of you may remember, and I'm not going to use the name of the pastor, but there was a, a mega church uh, in Tulsa, in Oklahoma, several thousand people, and the pastor decided that he wanted to then begin to preach an inclusive gospel. So he's, he basically said hell did not exist, that, it, that there's no such thing as a hell, and that God is an all-inclusive God. So everybody goes to heaven, nobody goes to hell. Well, you can imagine what happened in his church, and he preached that hard. And, and it's interesting because what he said in an interview was this. He said, Instead of the Bible being the word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit, it is the inspired word of man about God. Ooh, we're a little off here. And that's what he took and ran with. Well, he, that thing crashed. I don't know if you saw or followed that, but God is not in the business of getting messed with when it comes to these things. And so we have to be careful where we're getting fed, where we're learning from. And so it's important that we are, again, rock solid in the word of God. And, and again, you need to research the word. You need to, you need to dig and find for yourselves. Don't just listen to me and go off everything I say. I'm giving you what I believe God has asked me to give, but it's still your responsibility to search out the scriptures and search those things and ask questions and do those things. Because I'm far from being perfect and understanding everything in the word, but I do know there's basic foundation principles that are there. And we need to use those, and they work. They work. It's important for us. I probably need to finish up this one point, and I'm going to stop. I do have a little bit more, but I'm, I'm not going to get to all of this today, and I'll, and I'll finish it next week. But it's interesting, because one of the things that I hear now so often in the progressive side of things is love becomes a word that gets used for everything. We understand God's love, and it's amazing. But I think sometimes it gets lumped into just everything's going to be pleasant, non-confrontational, 
It's all affirming. Everything's about love. It's all, we're in this camp of, of never addressing anything that may be contrary or to somebody's feeling about everything that's good. And again, that, we understand God is love. Absolutely he is. And that should be our focus. We also, again, have to understand, though, that there's a lot of other stuff going out there that's going to try to rob us of that true love from God and try to create it as something that doesn't exist except for in whatever the culture we're in. And the statement I've heard is, well, God, again, this, this kind of this idea that God wouldn't punish sinners because he's love. And so that can't be the case. So the Bible can't really, that's not really what the Bible means because if God's love, then he wouldn't be doing those things. Or somebody said, hey, we've misunderstood the Bible for centuries, and we just haven't interpreted it right. And so we're now gaining a new understanding of what the meaning of, of some of these things are. So we're seeing a lot of shift and change. We just, we just have to be really careful in this. One last scripture I want to read. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 15, says this, You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture, I'll say that again, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Man. I love it. It, it kind of, that sort of just addresses everything right there. He's hitting all the things here. It's useful for us. It teaches us what's good, and it also yeah. teaches us what's not good. And so it, it's a good barometer for us. And he's equipping us and preparing us to do good things for him. And so ultimately... When we follow these things, we come out on top in this process. We're going to be ridiculed. We're going to be mocked. We're going to be made fun of. Uh, the, the, well, he was. And, the, you know, and he made it through all that stuff. And he's provided a way for all, every one of us. But I'm telling you, the, the darker things get around here, the more divided things get, the more as Christians we have to, we cannot be shifting a culture into another, trying to shift camps just to sort of please people. We're here to please God. We're here to please our creator. And if it costs us some friends or if it, if it offends somebody, we're not trying to offend anybody because our ult- we're trying to lead people into the love of Christ and where the Holy Spirit is the one that does the work in people's lives. It's not our job to change somebody. It's not our job to judge people, but it's our job to love them. And, you know, just like God does. And so that's, that's part of what, who we are and what we are. But we don't, what we don't do is shift to become like whatever that culture is to think that that's the only way we're going to reach them. And that that's not the right approach. So, Stan, we're going to close the service this morning. We're going to sing one more song. And uh, just, again, encourage you to dig into the Word. This is a time where we need to know our word. We need to know what it says about uh, things that are going on around us. Amen. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 